0: In this episode, I wanted to go over the topic of blood. And what inspired me to do this topic was a conversation that I overheard about a celebrity couple, Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly, who recently got engaged and they apparently drank each other's blood. And it could have been for shock value or it could have been for other darker reasons, Or maybe they have no idea about the esoteric significance of blood, and they just did it to seem cool and edgy. But regardless, they are not the first and or last couple to make their dealings with each other's blood public. And so here we are, at one of my first attempts to help explain the esoteric significance of blood. And so first off, I just want to start out by saying that esoteric, just means knowledge or information understood by only a few. Also, I know that the topic of blood can be very disturbing to some, as it's usually associated with slaughter and or savagery. And it can also make people feel woozy and it can cause sensitive people to become nauseated and in worst case scenarios to even faint. And I also understand that the topic of blood can be seen as taboo, especially when it comes to associating it with religion. And so, here we go. Alright, so one of the first things that I encountered when I first began to research this topic was the story of Dr. Faustus Goethes. This was a tragedy, written in 1593, and was rumored to have been based on a real alchemist in the Renaissance era by the name of Johann Georg Faust. And so, Faustus was a doctor of divinity who went from studying theology to magic to the black arts. And so, therefore, due to his ambition, One night, he decides to summon a demon. The demon that he summoned goes by the name of Mephistopheles. When Mephistopheles appears, Faustus attempts to command him to be his servant. But this devil explains that only Lucifer is his master. Upon learning this, Faustus then tells him to go tell Lucifer that he'd like to sell his soul in exchange for 24 years of magical powers. And so, Mephistopheles then asks him to seal the deal by signing a contract with his own blood. Faustus agrees, but when he goes and cuts his arm to sign the contract, his arm is miraculously healed. He then notices an inscription that reads, Man, flee, and of course is frightened, but he ignores the warning and signs the contract. The deal is finalized. Faustus goes on to ask the demon questions about heaven, hell, and God, but he is dissatisfied with the demon's answers. A good angel then appears to Faustus and encourages him to repent. But Faustus worries that it's too late. Once learning that Faustus wishes to repent, Lucifer, Mephistopheles, and Beelzebub intimidate him into honoring his contract. As the years go by, Faustus travels the world and does achieve many riches and fame. He even became a favorite of a German emperor whom he entertained by conjuring dead legends such as Alexander the Great. And along the way, he had many enemies who attempted to kill him, but survived, proving he could not be killed. Towards the end of his contract, Faustus prepared for his death. An old man insisted that Faustus could still repent, But when Mephistopheles hears this, he threatens Faustus with physical violence. And so, not being able to see a way out, Faustus asks Mephistopheles to summon Helen of Troy, to serve as his last indulgence. On the night that his contract ends, Lucifer, Mephistopheles, and Beelzebub taunt him, and the gates of hell open and he is dragged into the abyss. At the end, a chorus warns the audience to remember the story of Faustus. And so, this is one of the first stories where we hear about demonic packs being signed in blood. Because, what is blood? Well, blood is man's liquid life, it is our spiritual life force, it's what we need to live, it's what sustains and preserves life. And so you would think that because the devil is the enemy of the human race, that he must also be the enemy of blood. And he is. That is why when you make a pact, he asks you to seal the deal in blood because he's draining your life force. That, and also, it is said that he who gains power over the man's blood gains power over the man. And so if you give it willingly, only then can he have power and control over you. Blood is life, and it is the currency within us. It is the fluid that connects you to the spirit world. And so when you think about Christianity in Catholicism, for example, when they practice the Holy Communion, and they ask you to drink wine, symbolically representing the blood of Christ, it would appear that Mass is a cannibalistic ceremony. But it is their belief that by doing so, only then can humanity be redeemed from sin and that the crucifixion was necessary. And so, what does Christianity, a blood religion, have to do with spirituality and or self-mastery? Well, blood builds and sustains our bodies. It's the cleansing of the blood that flows from the heart and washes away the bodily impurities. So in a sense, our bodies depend on the redeeming blood. So arteries carry blood away from the heart and the veins carry blood back to the heart. So in this cycle system, it carries oxygen, nutrients, and hormones to cells and it also removes the waste, such as carbon dioxide. So, a man's body, in a sense, is a little universe all in itself, because it consists of many parts and organs, and these can be seen as countless minute lives. And their well being, or their salvation, is essential to a man as an individual universe slash body. And so because our life fluid is their redemption for in harmony and the death of these minute lives, we are to them as a God of whom they live and move within. And so those that die or those that cannot be redeemed must be cast out of the body, otherwise it could destroy our personal universe. It's the micro and the macrocosm that we're seeing here. And so of course we gladly give our redeeming blood for the salvation of these little lives. And the blood washes away all of the impurities. So when it proceeds from the heart, it is pure. But as the blood washes away all of the body's impurities, sins, it becomes defiled and blue. So here is where you can see the hermetic principle of correspondence, as above, so below. The micro and the macrocosm of the universe. The microcosm of a universe in each of us. And so if you want to focus on the macrocosm of the universe, the sun is the heart and the planets can be seen as the organs. Because if it weren't for the sun, the life force, the world would cease to exist. And so when we're bathed in the blood, or the sun's heat, or the sun's rays, we live and move. So the sun, or sun, is the source of salvation. It is the light, the life, the heat, the love, it's symbolic for what the sun is to us physically, to what deities are to us spiritually. So now you could see then that it is by the sacrifice of the sun, S-U-N or S-O-N, of its blood or life force, or the pouring of the light, blood for us, that humanity is saved from the darkness, death, and chaos. And so if we don't consume or drink the blood of the sun then we will have no physical salvation and there will be hell chaos in all of us and of course death will soon follow I think that this has been a lot of information to take in but I'm glad that we got through it and so That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the episode, and if so, go ahead and subscribe so that you may be notified of all other future episodes. And don't forget to check out our website at www.mysteriesbeyond.com, and or follow us on social media on Facebook at Mysteries Beyond and or on Instagram at lauralavender.mb. And lastly, if you have any questions or if there's any feedback or if there's simply something that you just feel like sharing or want to add, you can email me at lauralavender.mb at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender, and I'll see you guys next episode.